What verse have we got up on the board? 30. Okay, very good. <coughs> hmm. Jayadha Madhava Kunjabe Hari Jayadha Madhava Kunjabe Hari Gopi Jana Vallapha Giri Bharadhari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallapha Giri Bharadhari Yasoda Nandana Braja Janaranjana Yasoda Nandana Braja Janaranjana Jamuna Tiravanachari Jamuna Tiravanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Gopi Jana Vallapha Giri Varadhari Jaya Gopi Jana Vallapha Giri Varadhari Giri Varadhari Yashoda Nandana Bhaja Janna Ranjana Yashoda Nandana Bhaja Janna Ranjana Jamuna Tiravanachari Jamuna Tiravanachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi Hari Kunjabi Jaya Radha Madhava Kunjabi 
His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Maharaj, Srila Prabhupada Ki. Jayam Vishnupad Paramahamsa Parivrajikacharya Ashto Tarashati Shri Srimad Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Sajwari Thakko Prabhupada Ki. Ananta Koti Vaishnava Vindiki. Namacharya Silharidas Thakko Riki. Brahm Sikvahosi Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sayadvaita Gadadhara Shiva Sari Gora Bhakta Vindiki Jayam. Sri Sri Radha Krishna Kokopinath Shamakunda Radha Kundagiri Govidana Ki. Sri Vindavan Dham Ki, Sri Mayapurana Vajvit Dham Ki, Sri Purushatam Chetra Ki, Sri Ganga Mai Ki Jai, Sri Jamuna Mai Ki Jai, Bhakti Devi Ki Jai, Tulsi Devi Maharani Ki Jai, Harinam Sankitana Ki Jai, Nitai Gora Premarandi, Oh Glories to the Assembled Devotees, Oh Glories to the Assembled Devotees, Oh Glories to the Assembled Devotees, Oh Glories to Sri Sri Guru and Gauranga, Oh Glories to Srila Prabhupada. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya We're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 7, The Science of God, Chapter 11, The Perfect Society, The Four Social Classes, Text Number 30. Priti Sankara Jatinam Tat Tat Kula Krita Bhavet Achoranam Apapanam Antya Amazing how much my eyesight has deteriorated in the last six months. Would you believe? Well, and the light's not good here. That's another problem. Okay. Ooh. Antyajante Vasayinam. 
Viti Sankara Jatinam Tat Tat Kula Kitapavet Achoranam Papanam Antyajante Vasayinam Viti Sankara Jatinam Tat Tat Kula Kitapavet Achoranam Papanam Antyajante Vasayinam Viti Sankara Jatinam Tatat Kula Kitabavet Achoranam Papanam Antya Jante Vasayinam Viti Sankara Jatinam Tatat Kula Kitabavet Achoranam Papanam Antya Jante Vasayinam Viti Sankara Jatinam Tatat Kula Kitabavet Achoranam Papanam Antya Jante Vasayinam Viti Sankara Jatinam Tatat Kula Kitabavet Achoranam Apapanam Anjajante Vasayinam Vinti Sankara Jatinam Tat Tat Kula Kitabavet Achoranam Apapanam Anjajante Vasayinam Viti, occupational duty, Sankarajatinam, of the mixed classes of men, those other than the four divisions, tut tut, according to their respective kulakrita, family tradition. Bhavet should be Achoranam, not thieves by profession, Apapanam, not sinful, Antyaja, lower classes, Antevasayinam, known as Antavasayi. Or Chandala. Among the mixed classes known as Sankara, those who are not thieves are known as Antavasayi or Chandalas, dog eaters, and they also have their hereditary customs. Purport the four principal divisions of society, Brahmana, Chatriya, Vaishya, and Sudra, have been defined. And now, 
there is a description of the antyaja, the mixed classes. Among the mixed classes, there are two divisions, pratilomaja and anulomaja. If a woman of a high caste marries a man of a lower caste, their union is called pratilo. If a woman of a low caste, however, marries a man of a higher caste, their union is called anulo. The members of such dynasties have their traditional duties as barbers, washermen, and so on. Among the antyajas, those who are still somewhat pure in that they do not steal and are not addicted to meat-eating, drinking, illicit sex and gambling are called antavasai. Among people of the lower classes, intermarriage and the drinking of wine are allowed for these people do not recognise such conduct as sinful among themselves. Jnanatimirandasya Gnanjana Salakaya Chakshurun Militam Jena Tasmaye Sri Guruve Namaha Sri Chaitanya Manobishtam Stapitam Jena Bhutale Swayam Rupa Kadamayam Dadati Svapadantikam Mukam karoti vachalam pangum langayate gurim yat kripa tamaham bande sri gurum dinatarinam Okay, so this section of the Bhagavatam is very interesting because it gives us an outline of the Varna element of the Varna ashram. structure, at least in its, in its theoretical form. And uh, um, it's, um, it's interesting here because it says Vritti Sankara Jatinam. 
And it's referring to the Sankara Jati. Uh, and previously the, the Varna Sankara are, are um, pretty much described as those who have no um, no caste. They're mixed. Right? And so difficult to work out what they are because of that mixing of uh, varnas, mixed marriage, effectively. Uh, which is interesting because, um, you know, uh, bre breeding, <laughs> breeding is, um, taken very seriously. You know, if you're breeding horses or you're breeding dogs, <laughs> cows, right? farmers put a lot of thought into matching the animals so that the breed is enhanced, right? Which is an, so that's an interesting concept there was consideration given in previous ages, especially in the the um, Treta Dwapa Yuga. These considerations were taken into account when combining a, a boy and a girl for marriage. Right? There was consideration of their of their um, cast effectively and it appears from what is being described here the mixing of the castes was not uncommon but it wasn't the preferred option wasn't the preferred choice and if there was a mixing of the Sankara, the Varna Sankara, then um, they were considered outside of the Varna, Varna system. Right? Now, if you look at it, today's society, right? who cares about it? None of these things are really taken into consideration. And everybody is a Varna Sankara, effectively. Everybody's mixed up, right? So very difficult to work out who's who. Although, you know, in, in, uh, in, in Indian culture, there may be some consideration of these elements. Some. And I'd say maybe. Right? A, a consideration of the astrological chart of a of a couple might be taken into consideration, but uh, not always adhered to. Is that right? Yeah, might look at it, and they the families want to match, and so they go to the astrologer and say, "Can you match this up, please? If we give you 
a few rupees? Can you fix this up for us? In fact, you, you get... So, so there's knowledge of these things. There's awareness, but not much adherence to the, to the strict application. And even there are astrologers that will advertise, you know, we can fix marriage problems. <laughs> Whatever, I don't know how they do that, right? So, but, but in this verse it's interesting uh, because it's mentioned that even amongst the Vana Sankara, still there are principles adhered to. And, and they're described here as tat tat kula krita. Bavet, right? Tat tat kula krita bavet. So there are, just like we have in modern society, um, adherence to some, some standards. Marriage is considered to be a, a, a standard of behaviour if a boy and a girl are, are to come together, right? They're still drinking, they're still meeting, you know, they're still inappropriate behaviours, but levels of social standards, social mores that people are expected to um, adhere to. Right? So there's an understanding of, some understanding of cultural norms or cultural mores that create a peaceful society, right? Peaceful, peaceful social construct. And of course you can, we, can, we can appreciate how the current situation is topsy-turvy because it's the, it's the uh, Varana Sankara who take on the roles of the Brahmanas, Chatriyas, Vaishyas and Sudras without having the qualifications, right? Effectively, this is, this is the current environment that we live in. And of course, that's the reason why we have so many disturbances in, in modern society, because they, the, the Varna and Ashram uh, but particularly the Varna system is not adhered to. And so it's a, it's a, it's a uh, everybody is patita, right? Patita. What does patita mean? Sorry? Fallen. Yeah, everybody's fallen. Although it's mentioned here, achoranam apapanam, there may be those amongst the Varnasankara who are actually elevated. Huh? 
and peaceful within society. And what are their qualifications? They're not thieves. <laughs> right? Uh, and as mentioned before, for the sudras, what are the qualifications of sudras? They're meant to be what? Can anybody remember? What was that? Yes. But specifically, there are two qualifications mentioned for the sudras. What are they? Sibir, do you remember? Huh? Anybody remember? Yes. Truthful. Satyam. And here, Atoranam. Not a thief. Huh? Very interesting. The basic qualification, and, and going back to the 30 qualifications of humans, right? Mentioned right at the beginning of the chapter, or right at the beginning of the description of the, the varnas, the first qualification is satyam, truthfulness. which is an essential quality for a human being. An essential quality for a devotee. But of course, a devotee is a human being, actually. The, the purpose, you know, just, just being a human without being a devotee is no better than an animal, really. Because right, the purpose of the human form of life is to utilise that facility for its unique benefits. Right? You can run, run around like a hog or dog, camel or an ass, right? uh, but just because you've got two legs and two arms, um, if you're behaviour is no better than that of an animal, then what's the difference? This is the, this is the, Bhagavad, the Bhagavatam version, strong element of truth or teaching in the Bhagavatam, right? If we're not taking advantage of the human form of life in pursuing our relationship with God or with Krishna, then we're considered to be wasting the most valuable asset that we've got. Right? The valuable asset is uh, the, in the human form of life, is not to just be engaged in ahara nidra bhayam maitanamcha, eating, sleeping, mating and defending. But using the human form, and so there's those, those 30 qualifications. And practically speaking, Prabhupada says that the human form of life is, its, it's main purpose is spiritual pursuit. And that's why truthfulness is so important. And, and, and a, a, a cultivation of uh, truthfulness means uh, 
a proper understanding of, of the purpose of life and a proper understanding of oneself, right? Uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati, uh, today's Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's disappearance day. Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur explains that a devotee must be honest, which is an element of truthfulness, right? And understand their actual position in the grand scheme of things, right? And not pretend to be something that they're not. Uh, this is one of the problems with material existence is we, we pretend to be something that we're not, which is asatyam, right? Be, not being truthful to ourselves. What are the four defects? Imperfect senses, right? Subject to illusion. I thought I, I thought it, I thought I turned that off. What's going on here? Hmm. Okay. Um, what's the other one? Making mistakes. Making mistakes, and then the fourth one, cheating, cheating, cheating Baba. So we're very often cheating, mostly cheating ourselves, thinking we're advanced when actually we're fallen. Uh, this is a, a qualification of a devotee, actually. Qualification of a devotee is that they're always thinking, I w I'm not advanced. I'm a fallen patita. Uh, <laughs> of course, in the, in the Kali Yuga, it's easy to see. Everybody's patita. <laughs> um, but very interesting that this is the, you know, the quality of devotee. Just like one of, the, one of the passages that struck me when I was in Vrindavan was that this, the, the uh, Uddhava was returning to Mathura after having spent three months with the residents of Vrindavan. Right? And Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur says that actually uh, the real purpose, you know, the purpose, the purpose of life is to become a follower of the Brajabhasis. Uh, this is the real purpose. But first of all, let's not worry about being a follower of the Brajabhasis. First of all, let's get to the human platform. <laughs> right? And, and of course, the human platform, uh, the details of which, the first four, before we get to the level of being a follower in the footsteps of the residents of Brindavan, we've got to get to the platform of human, and in the human form, free from anatas. Uh, this is mentioned. This is mentioned in by Rupa Goswami specifically. What is it? Ado Shraddha. First of all, one will have some faith that God exists, right? That there's a higher purpose in life. This is a characteristic, a feature of a devotee. 
is that they understand that there's a higher purpose, just like these, the devotees that the devotees met on book distribution. And then when they're given an opportunity to purchase a set of Srimad Bhagavatams, they say, yes, this is, well, we would say Krishna's arrangement, they say something else, right? And then they take advantage of that opportunity to associate with the devotees and, and purchase a book. And then they have questions. Huh? They're curious. And so that, that faith or belief in God and that curiosity brings them into the association of the devotees. Krishna reciprocates with those individuals who have shraddha or faith and he arranges that faith to be nourished and to be nurtured by bringing a, a, a sincere um, individual into the association of the devotees. Sadhu uh, Sangha and, and, and um, Makdishidana Saraswati Thakur says, Sadhu Sangha is the most, it, it's the most valuable commodity. Okay, we've got the human form of life, right? But in the association of the wrong people, what do we do? What do we do? If we're in the association of the wrong kind of people, what do we do? Hey? We end up like them, yes. If you associate with the drunks in the park, what happens? Become a drunk in the park. Yeah. I had a vivid experience of this when I was 15, 16 years old. We used to live in a place called Port Augusta, which is uh, an interesting it's it's kind of it's at the top of uh, the Spencer Gulf, and it's a it's a crossroads. It's you it's you you can go to WA, Western Australia, go to Perth, or you can go up to through the north of South Australia to Darwin, and of course you can come down and across to Sydney, and it's. But it's also, it's also a place where a lot of the Aboriginal communities uh, meet as well. And especially the uh, Appy Landers, the, the um, people from the far north. So a lot of Aboriginal people. And, uh, um, but of course, these are unassimilated these are people from the bush. <clears throat> right? They don't speak English, uh, can't read or write. Uh, and, um, you know, you, you, we don't experience that kind of uh, people in Melbourne. We just don't, you don't see it. So it was a, it was a rude awakening for me. To, to 
see the... And, and what would happen is, because, you know, they can get money from the Social Security, but then all they end up doing is drinking. And then if they can't buy alcohol, they would drink methylated spirits, which is, you know, it's, it kills you. It's, it's a killer. So... Um, you often see gatherings. Gladstone Park, which is like in the centre of the town, and it was a grassed area. And, and I remember seeing a group of about 20 people sitting in a circle and all, all black people. And there was one white lady in the, in the group, which was like, Whoa. and they're just passing a flag and around. You know what a flagon is? No, you don't know what a, fl a flagon of wine, which is a big bottle of wine, right? I was like, so, uh, very sad, uh, very, uh, very sad situation. You know, I'd often be accosted, and I was only 15, 16, and, uh, um, the house that we lived on was on the corner of the road that went out to the mission, to the, where, the, where the Aboriginal people stayed. And often would be accosted for 20 cents or five cents or whatever, you know. 20 cents was a lot of money in those days. Hey mate, got 20 cents for a pie? <laughs> and you know, because they're drinking methylated spirits and the tears are just pouring down there. You know, they're just oh, shocking. Hare Krishna. So, Asat uh, Sangatyag, that kind of association is given up by the other. We associate with the wrong kind of people, but if you associate with the devotees, what happens? What happens if you associate with the devotees? You can probably tell me from personal experience what happens. Even if we're not very qualified ourselves, by the association of the devotees, we become elevated automatically. Because by the association of the devotees, we start to follow the, the bhajana kriya. Right? And then we, then we discover about the human form of life. <laughs> And the proper, the prop, the purpose for which the human form of life is meant to be used. Right? It's not that we just work hard and consume, right? This is the this is the uh, modern modern life is to be a consumer, right? And because we're dedicated consumers, this is considered to be success, right? Work, get a job, work hard, buy a house, have a family, keep working hard. <laughs> and your children spend all your money, right? <clears throat> And, and of course, you know, the Varnashram system is meant to create a peaceful environment, right? So those, 
objectives can be pursued. It's not that we're against <clears throat> meeting our needs, right? Because we all have sensual needs. And, and in one sense, self-realisation means understanding what our basic needs are and looking after them, but with the prime focus on making spiritual advancement. You have to meet, your, your material needs must be met, right? Must be. Otherwise, if we don't meet our material needs, the, our, our natural propensities will, uh, will dominate our behaviour in any case. That's why Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, what will repression accomplish? Right? And so that's why that honesty is recommended by uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. We have to be, at least accept who we are and what our natural propensities are. And that's why the Varnashram system, ashram and occupation, are a, uh, a dedicated social construct to order society so that the natural needs of the individual are cared for and uh, utilised, right? <clears throat> so that we're able to live a peaceful, stable existence and most importantly, pursue spiritual practice and, and come to the level of self-realisation. Right? And not an artificial renunciation, right? Because if, if there's too much of an artificial renunciation, still the the natural tendencies of the living entity will will manifest. Still, they'll, they'll manifest because, as Krishna says, what will repression accomplish? Won't accomplish anything, right? You know, there's a, the story of the. The brahmacharis and the brahmacharinis, usually the, usually the brahmacharis and the brahmacharinis, which is, at least in my era, that's where you started your devotional life. And you, you know, you decide, one day you decide, I'm only going to eat a small amount of prasadam, and the amount of prasadam I eat will be determined by the small bowl that I'll use to eat from, right? But then at breakfast time, that small bowl is piled up very high. <laughs> huh? And you know, you might eat a little bit one morning, but then have to raid the fridge because <laughs> you're hungry. Huh? So coming to terms with our natural propensities is satyam, truthfulness. Huh? Understanding who we are from the material perspective, got to deal with, you know, we're, we're, what do they say? We're spirits, spirits living in the material world. And because of past karma, we've accumulated so many uh, impressions. Right? And so, in one sense, we're a result of those impressions that we've experienced in this life but also in previous lives 
So, uh, when we get to this point of bhajana kriya, right, then we're at a at a a stage where the purification, and especially for us, the main practice of what's the main practice of of purification for the Hare Krishnas? Does anybody know? What's that? Chanting. Yeah. Bhaktisiddhanta Saswati Thakur says this is the method for purification. Right. On the one hand, we're told to follow in the footsteps of the residents of Braj. Right? But if we haven't got to the point of understanding that we're a spirit soul. We're still struggling with the mind and the senses, right? Forget about fo following the f in the footsteps of the residents of Brudge. <laughs> you have to get. You, we have to get to the Bhava stage. Practically speaking, that's the pure state of spiritual being. Before that will be revealed to us. And so Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur says, um, one has to, first of all, practice anatta nivritti. One has to get to the point of where there's no anattas, no material attachments in our lives. Right? So how do we do that? Chanting Hare Krishna. Although I, I read something pretty amazing last night, uh, Bhakti Siddhanta, and, and, and I, was, I was just saying to a Chinchuripa this morning, no wonder that Srila Prabhupada came in conflict with his godbrothers, right? Because Prabhupada made some pretty radical changes. Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur said that Krishna doesn't accept any offering from a person who doesn't chant a hundred thousand names a day. <laughs> right. right? So how many rounds is a hundred thousand names a day? Does anybody know? Anyway, I got the calculator out last night <laughs> and I added it up. Hundred thousand names is fifty-eight rounds. Right, so 64 rounds basically. 100,000 names is 64 rounds a day. Uh, and Srila Prabhupada said you can chant 16. <laughs> but Bhakti Siddhartha Sanskriti Thakur said if you don't chant 100,000 names a day, then Krishna doesn't accept your offerings. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty. So. It's interesting, it's a, con it's a contrast. Um, you know, we can see here, we've got a description of the Varna institution, right? And if we analyse where we are today in this Varna system, where are we in modern society? Where are we, do you think? Anybody got an idea? In relationship to the Varna system as described here by Narada Muni and the current environment, where are we? Yeah. 
What do you think, Chandrika? All mixed up. Yeah, total emergency. It's an emergency because it's a mess. Right? Like Prabhupada says, people want peace, but they can't even be truthful. Right? What is it here? Achoranam apapanam. Right? Not sinful and not thieves. But according to our philosophy, everybody is a thief. Right? Everybody's a thief. They don't recognise that everything belongs to God. They think it all belongs to them. As an example. So, and, and even if you compare the society that Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was preaching in, right, where he could easily get, well, relatively easy, easy in Bengali society, get people to chant 64 rounds a day, because that was the initiation vows, right? Devotees were, were accepted as being able to offer, <laughs> make an offering to Krishna if they chanted 64 rounds a day. Otherwise not, right? And Srila Prabhupada lands in New York, right? And surveys the scene, and then he realises <clears throat> nobody here is going to be chanting 64 rounds a day. Right? And he makes a change. Makes a change. 16 rounds. So easy to see how Srila Prabhupada, how Srila Prabhupada, came into conflict with his godbrothers because he was on the scene. Prabhupada was on the battlefield, right? In downtown, you know, in, on the Bowery and in Manhattan, on the Lower East Side, right? In the most advanced country of the world, Right, at least materially, and surveying the scene, realised, ooh, we've got to get people to chant Hare Krishna, but 64 rounds a day, that's not, ooh, not going to be easy. Right? So he made an adjustment. And of course, that was in the mood of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada. Right? Bhakti, Bhakti, well, yes, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Prabhupada got most of his inspiration from who? Who do you think? Who do you think Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur got most of his inspiration from? Bhakti Vinod Thakur, his father. Yeah, of course, Lord Chaitanya, you know, Lord Chaitanya and the Panchatattva and And Bhaktivinoda Thakur had this vision. He had the vision of, and this vision was carried by Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, that um, devotees would come from all over the world, right, to Mayapur to chant Hare Krishna, the Europeans, the Americans, the British. The Australians, uh, 
along with the Indians, they all come together and chant the name of Goranga, Nitai Goranga and Hare Krishna. That was Bhaktivinoda Thakur's vision. And of course, that was Lord Chaitanya's vision. Yare Dekatari Kaha Krishna Upadesh. The preaching would go on everywhere, all around the globe. And of course, that, that in one sense is uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur's, um, you know, identity was as a global preacher. Huh? And he got that from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. Bhaktivinoda Thakur wrote, was the first Vaishnava, pretty much, to write books in English. And yet he's living in Jagannath Puri, he's living in uh, Navadweep, he's living in all over India. Yet his vision was to preach all over the world. And so what was his contribution? Write books in English. Or forget about writing books, publishing. You know, using the printing press and mass distribution of literature written in English. Came from Bhaktivinoda Thakur. The devotees found Bhaktivinoda Thakur's books in the British Library, in, in the, the Library of the London Library, because Bhaktivinoda Bhakti Thakur sent his books to various, you know, to institutions around the world. And of course, Bhaktivinoda Saraswati Thakur took that, took that seriously, and and took. Bhaktivinoda uh, Bhakti Thakur took Lord Chaitanya's prediction that the chanting of Hare Krishna would be in every town and village. He took it seriously. And that's why he was sending literature all over the world to let people know, you should be chanting Hare Krishna. <laughs> Effectively, that's what he was saying. Huh? Take advantage of the human form of life, chant Hare Krishna. And, and uh, Bhaktisiddhanta's, Saraswati Thakur's, Prabhupada's mood was very broad and very expansive. Uh, and that's why he instructed his disciples, go and preach. And why he instructed our Srila Prabhupada, you're an intelligent, well-educated young man, you can speak English, go and preach in the Western world, in English. Huh? That was Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur's instruction because he had that broad vision. In, in 1961, Srila Prabhupada, <laughs> you can see why, again why Srila Prabhupada would have been in conflict with his godbrothers, because he was chastising them. 1961 in his Vyasa Puja offering to Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, Prabhupada was chastising his godbrothers. They met in Mumbai and he was reading his offering and he was telling his godbrothers, you know, we've failed our guru because we've dismantled, we dismantled the mat. Right? 
But there's some very interesting statements in that Vyasa Puja offering where Srila Prabhupada is praising Bhaktisiddhanta Sarasvati Thakur's vision. I mentioned this before. Uh, you know, in the Shastra, the sannyasis are recommended to go to the forest. Right? Go to the forest and just chant. And, and Prabhupada is saying, but you're encouraging your sannyasis to go to the city. Right? Go to the city where all the nonsense people are that you should avoid. Go to the city and preach. <laughs> right? So, Srila Prabhupada was glorifying Bhaktisiddhanta Sasvati Thakur because he was so radical in his application of Vedic principles, right? But of course, following in the footsteps of Rupa Goswami, following in the footsteps of Rupa Goswami and on the principle of renunciation and that principle of chag, right? Again, actually, it's interesting. In that 30 qualities that's mentioned for a human being, one of them is tyaga. Tyaga. What's tyag mean? Renunciation. Yeah. And what does Srila Prabhupada define as renunciation in the word for word? Can anybody remember? Or did anybody read it? What did, what did Prabhupada define Tyaga as? Anybody got an idea? Sacrifice. Huh? Sacrifice. Yes, but how much? Which is a giveaway. I'm giving away the answer. Huh? What do you think it is? 100%? No. What percentage does Prabhupada define Tyaga as? This is for the householders, not for the brahmachari. Brahmachari is 100%. Householders, how much? Huh? 50%. Prabhupada defines Tyaga. Now, if you look it up, in the word-for-word -word translations in other uh, verses of the Bhagavatam and the Bhagavad Gita Chaga is defined in a, in a number of ways, but giving up for the benefit of others, right? giving up things for the benefit of others is kind of the, es is the essence, right? So 50% of our income, and this is a consistent instruction from Srila uh, Prabhupada, for the householders, right? One should give up 50% of your income for preaching. That's quite a high level of renunciation, right? You should mention that to your husband, Suchitra. <laughs> Aniruddha said that Srila Prabhupada said that Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur said <laughs> that Bhakti Vinod Thakur said <laughs> Uh, the Lord Chaitanya said, because right? <laughs> this is—it's interesting, you see, because you know renunciation. We think of the brahmacharis and the sannyasis, but the majority of our community is not brahmacharis and sannyasis, right? The majority of us are what 
householders. Yeah, but still for the householders, there's a, a level of renunciation, right? And an, an opportunity for spiritual pursuits, right? Opportunity for <clears throat> his. Do you want to take this GoPro? It's Archita probably at the airport trying to find whoever's there to pick him up. So, um, yeah, interesting. Tiaga, renunciation. Uh, Bhaktisiddhanta Sasvari Thakur emphasized renunciation by, which means ultimately use everything in Krishna's service. So don't go to the forest, go to the cities. If you're a real renunciate, go to the place where the people are and remind them of who they are. Right, this is Bhaktisiddhanta Sasvari Thakur's uh, uh, encouragement. Encourage them to be truthful. Encourage people to understand who they are. Right? Understand the depth of our entanglement in material existence, right? Which is, can be frightening stuff, right? When we discover, uh oh, I thought I was an advanced devotee. Now I discovered I'm attached like anything, right? So, but that's okay, that's natural. Like I was saying, Uddhava was leaving Vrindavan and Nanda Maharaj and his friends asked Uddhava, can you please ask Krishna to bless us so that we can always think of him and always be engaged in his service. Right? So this is the Brajbasis. If we want to follow in the footsteps of the Brajbasis, one of the first qualifications is humility. Right? They're not thinking we're great devotees. Because, you know, is there any question of Nanda Maharaj and Yashoda not thinking of Krishna and not rendering service to Krishna? Is there any question of them not doing that? Right? No. But what are they praying to Uddhava for? Please bless us. So that means they're, they're thinking, I'm not a devotee. Right? This is a qualification of a devotee. Natural qualification. Humility. Right? Dainya. So, uh, and how does one get to that stage? One gets to that stage by, you know, by Shraddha faith, by sadhu sangha, association with the devotees, and then bhajana kriya, good bhajan, solid bhajan, solid chanting. But another instruction from Bhaktisiddhanta Sasvati Thakur, he says, when you're chanting Hare Krishna, it should be done as an all-consuming activity. In other words, don't do anything else, but just chant Hare Krishna. Right? Have you tried that? <laughs> Have you tried that? Not easy. Right? Just sit down and chant Hare Krishna and don't do anything else. Because the mind is like... 
got to try and bring it back. Well, what to speak of, you know, the mobile phone, the iPad, your wife, your husband, the kids. Well, not easy. Suchitra, when did you last chant 16 rounds in a row? All in one go. Before they get up. <laughs> Otherwise, forget about it. Yeah, and that's hard work, isn't it? Yeah, not easy. Not easy, but that's it. Bhajana Kriya. And then Anatta Nivriti, removing the attachments, which also not easy, not easy, because we have got attachments that we're not even aware of. Right? Purification, really. But it can't, but what, what's the key? Right? The key is chanting Hare Krishna. Right? Key is chanting Hare Krishna. That's how we get through anatta nivritti. Focused and, and, and um, 64 rounds a day according to Bhakti Siddhanta Sasvali Thakur, right? But look at the change of culture, right? Look at the change of culture. Why Srila Prabhupada, following in the footsteps of Bhakti Siddhanta, okay, it appears that Bhakti Siddhanta Sasvali Thakur's instructions were being breached by our Srila Prabhupada. What's up? What's that? Oh, okay. He's there already, but he came out, so no need to park. Okay, so we want... Yeah, Did you talk to him? Yeah, I spoke to him. Everything is good. Just wanted to send him the just number. All right, okay, down the bottom there. There you go, there. Okay. Uh, yes. But following Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was a genius, right? And adjusted. So following in his footsteps, our Srila Prabhupada made adjustments. He could recognize the situation. And one of the things that Prabhupada was glorifying Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur for was he had a vision of youth hostels in London. He was encouraged the devotees, go to London, open up a youth hostel, right? Of course, Srila Prabhupada opened up a temple. But it's, it's interesting, only in recent times are we seeing uh, youth hostels becoming part of ISKCON's preaching. And this was a, this was a vision of Bhakti Siddhanta Satsvati Thakur in the... 1950s, right? Just, just what a broad vision he had. Right? And Srila Prabhupada also understand, understood that mood of uh, renunciation and flex, flex, if you like. Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur was very <laughs> strict himself, right? And, but he instructed the devotees, you know, what was one of his instructions was um, don't try to improve others, 
Improve yourself first. Right? Because it's really easy to tell everybody else what to do, right? <laughs> right? But his instruction is better, you know, which is the biblical instruction, you know. What is it? Why do you try to remove the might, which means little thing, in somebody else's eye when you've got a plank in your own? <laughs> right? Why try to improve others? Well, first of all, you need to improve yourself, which is this anatta nevriti, right? Anatta nevriti is the stage which we go through of self-improvement. It's a very, it's a very, it can be a very painful stage of spiritual advancement because it's that such a principle being put into uh, effect on ourselves. It means looking inwardly, looking in the mirror, cheto dapranam marginam bhavamaha devagni nevapanam, extinguishing the fire of material existence. And what's that fire? Desires for this and that and the other things, so many things, right? And how do we do that? By their cooling rays of the of the the benediction moon and those cooling rays of that moon are coming from the chanting of Hare Krishna right that's 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 the benediction the benediction moon is the light that's been shone into our hearts by the focus chanting the, the focus chanting of Hare Krishna Otherwise, if we're not chanting focused Mahamantra, then we're cultivating the weeds of material attachment, basically. We're watering, and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches this. You know, if we're chanting Hare Krishna but not being attentive, instead of watering the weed, sorry, instead of watering the creeper of bhakti, we're watering the weeds of anatas. Lord Chaitanya, it's in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Krishna Das Kaviraj is explaining to us. Here's what happens. So that's a very, that's a that's a very uh, challenging stage of bhakti when I think about it. And it, it's interesting that um, um, Sachinanda Maharaj was making the comments at the at the uh, Govardhan retreat and also at the Japa retreat. This is a stage of bhakti that a lot of devotees are stuck at. A lot of the older devotees in ISKCON are stuck at this point where they're unable to overcome their anatas. And the only way we can do that is by focused chanting of Hare Krishna, right? effectively. And Bhaktisiddhanta Sasvati Thakur says that is best done in, in um, isolation or, or in... Um, you know, with attention, with full attention. It was not easy. That, that's a practice. That requires practice. Uh, I remember when I first started chanting Hare Krishna and would sit in this room. I have very fond memories of this, this place and uh, of falling asleep many times. <laughs> Usually sitting around about here, you know, and then... Oh, just relax a little bit. Then the next thing, <laughs> right? 
Have you had that experience? Yeah. So, you know, my discovery is one of the best ways to ensure that you're chanting focus rounds is make sure you've had a good night's sleep the day before. Uh, now, that's a realisation that I've not fully been able to put into practice. But, you know, just basic things. Because of, and, and then, of course, you know, um, we're looking for some relief by chanting Hare Krishna, but one of, the, one of the challenges is as we make advancement in spiritual life, then we start feeling fallen, right? But that's good. That's actually a good, that's a good qualification, right? Humility is actually a sign of success. Tick. Okay, if you're not feeling good about yourself, great. That's a tick. Right? But we think, oh, I want to feel ecstatic. Right? I want to chant Hare Krishna and just be anandam buddhivaradanam. Right? But part of that ecstasy is also, this, and this is, this is a, an interesting contradiction, because a devotee feels ecstatic, but at the same time fallen. And that's hard to resolve, to put it together. It's like, oh, I'm not a very good devotee, but I feel ecstatic at the same, at the same time. Right? If we've got those feelings, tick, you're doing okay. It's good. Right? It's good to feel bad instead of being ecstatic all the time. Right? So coming to terms with that, not easy. Because, you know, we think, oh, oh, we should always be smiling and happy. <laughs> right? But sometimes we won't. Sometimes we won't, and that's not bad. Right? It's, it's so. If we want to get to, if we want to, as Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur says, we 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 need to get to. We need to be followers of the residents of Brudge, right? But whoa, hang on a second, not too fast. We only get to be resident. The res, We only get to follow the residence of Brudge if we've successfully completed anatta nivritti, no material attachments. Uh, and the only way we can get to uh, through that stage of anatta nivritti is if we become expert at chanting Hare Krishna. Fully expert. Pure, in other words. Uh, and so that Prabhupada says when and Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur says, when I chant Hare Krishna, then Krishna is dancing on my tongue. Right? I feel Krishna. What do you feel when you chant Hare Krishna? <laughs> you don't have to say. <laughs> uh, best if we don't say what it is we're seeing when we're chanting Hare Krishna, because we're still at the Anatta Nivriti stage. We're still clearing out the our attachments right and so that's why we should also be humble uh -oh. we got a way to go right very interesting culture it's a culture so uh anatta nivriti means a fairly serious stage of bhakti where the focus is on connecting with Krishna, because Krishna's personally present with us when we're chanting. Right? Krishna's personally present. And 
the the purification comes from that closeness the 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 closeness that we have to cultivate to the holy name this is why Prabhupada says you know the holy name is the key for everything and everything will be revealed just by chanting Hare Krishna and that's our culture our culture and, and our practice is focused on one pretty much one thing primarily supports one thing what's that you think what is it Victor I just said it Gopa what is it what's our practice focused on chanting Hare Krishna pretty hard huh <laughs> that's why people just dismiss it because oh chanting Hare Krishna anybody can do that uh, anybody can chant Hare Krishna okay if anybody can chant Hare Krishna why don't they it's not that easy to do it in that focused way so that we're always with Krishna when we're chanting oh for the day huh? oh for the day when we can chant Hare Krishna you know, it might happen occasionally. I remember the first, the first time I went to the morning program and I was chanting and um, I was walking around Tulsi, this is in Adelaide Temple in Frome Street, and then all of a sudden I just got to hear the Maha Mantra and I was like, wow, what is that? Right? That is so amazing. And I thought, this is what they're talking about. This is it. But it only lasted for about that long. I've been trying to chant like that ever since. <laughs> so, yeah. Bhagavad Sasvati Thakur encouraged his disciples to chant at least 100,000 names a day. That's 64 rounds a day. Um, uh, and so that emphasis, there's an emphasis on how important the chanting of Hare Krishna is. Right? Yet, following in the footsteps of uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, our um, Srila Prabhupada, uh, understanding the, necess the necessity of the, of the current age and the circumstances, um, adjusted that to 16 rounds um, but still just as important absolutely essential actually to to make um, advancement and to get through that anatta nivriti that our attachments whatever they might be each, each one of us knows what our attachments are usually and the methodology, don't try to grapple with them on a mental platform. You know, wrestle and struggle with your, men with your attachments. Forget about it. They just get stronger. Just chant Hare Krishna and absorb. We have, that's why we, the whole, our yoga practice, if there is a yoga practice, and we are yogis, but the, 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 the practice is just hear the mantra right, and become absorbed in the sound of the mantra. Then 
the cleansing process starts to take place automatically. That's where it takes place on that. Spirit, that's the spiritual platform for us. So Bhaktisiddhanta Sasvati Thakur um, is our leader in many respects. Of course, Srila Prabhupada is, is our founder, Acharya, but Bhaktisiddhanta Sasvati Thakur was Srila Prabhupada's uh, um, inspiration and the vision. He provided the vision. And that's that global society of devotees. He got that from Bhaktivinoda Thakur but worked so hard to ensure that that vision was uh, achieved, was, was uncovered. And of course, eventually, it's quite amazing. I think about Bhakti Siddhanta Saswati Thakur and the disappointment that he must have experienced because he knew that the Gaudiya Math would disintegrate. He knew that. <clears throat> and and he he told he told uh, our Srila Prabhupada even that that would take place. Uh, yet he must have also known that his disciple A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami uh, Prabhupada would be successful, right? Because he told his Disciples, he'll do everything. Huh? Interesting. So Bhaktisiddhanta Sasvati Thakur was a, um, a, a, a you know, deeply enlightened and um, um, in many respects a, a radical visionary um, who you know, got the seed, the seed of, the seeds of Iskon came from Bhakti Vinod Thakur. And they were put in motion and, uh, and practiced through the Gaudiya month under the supervision of Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasvati Thakur, but really perfected in the establishment of Iskon uh, by his um, leading disciple, um, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, who incidentally wasn't really, he, Prabhupada assisted the Gaudiya Math, uh, the, the Gaudiya mission, but he was also somewhat separate from it as a householder. And um, in one sense, that was kind of his success in, in, in that. <clears throat> he was independent and uh, <laughs> knew when to disregard his godbrothers, actually, which, which was a source of discouragement for Prabhupada. But as, as Prabhupada said, you know, I never felt separated from my Guru Maharaj because I was always following his instructions. And, um, and Bhaktisiddhanta Saraswati Thakur, inspired by his father, Bhaktivinoda Thakur, never really separated from Bhaktivinoda Thakur because he was always following his in, instructions and, you know, establishing the, the preaching mission, establishing 
um, the chanting of Hare Krishna as the Yuga Dharma, uh, establishing the worship of Lord Chaitanya as the prime worship of Krishna, right? Chanting Hare Krishna. But also establishing the worship of Radha Krishna as well. And uh, the worship of Jagannath, Baladev, and Subhadra, because that's the, you know, that's the, that's the, um, the mood of separation, really, that all devotees experience. It's the mood of separation that we experience when we're chanting Hare Krishna properly. Then we're feeling that uh, separation from Krishna, and of course, that separation, that mood of separation, is exemplified by Lord Jagannath and Lord Chaitanya. They're both Krishna in a mood of separation. Jagannath in the mood of separation from the devotees in Vrindavan, right? Krishna, Krishna in Mathura, or Krishna at Kurukshetra actually. And Lord Chaitanya is Krishna in the form of Radharani feeling the separation from Krishna. So that's why Jagannath Puri is so important for us because it's, it's the dharma of separation, right? And of course we know separation, you know, <clears throat> one of the answers to the question of why Krishna leaves Vrindavan is because he wants to relish the mood of separation because, you know, we, know, we say separation makes the heart grow fonder, right? When we're separated from our beloved, then we feel greater affection for them. Uh, so Krishna knows that. And so he knows that if I'm separated, and Krishna's internal, the Leela Shakti facilitates that. Uh, so Krishna had to, <clears throat> Krishna leaves Vrindavan to enhance the feelings of separation between him and, he, and the residents of Vrindavan. <clears throat> because that enhances the, the bhakti, the devotion of the devotees. So again, following in the footsteps of uh, Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur Srila Prabhupada taught us, worship Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nityananda, the Panchatattva. Because that's the, that's the Yuga Dharma, the chanting of Hare Krishna. Right? That will automatically then bring us into the association of Radha and Krishna. Right? So that's why we worship Radha and Krishna, because that's, that's ultimately where we belong in Braj. Right? But we get that entrance through Navadweep Dharma, through the chanting of Hare Krishna. And then the perfection of that relationship is to relish the mood of separation that's experienced by Radha and Krishna and, and the, the residents of Braj after Krishna departs. But of course, the Acharyas teach us Krishna never, never leaves Vrindavan. <laughs> so this is a, right? He left Vrindavan, but he doesn't leave Vrindavan. Right? And that's why the mood of separation is so potent and so powerful that parting is so uh, much a key focus of what we 
teach and experience and relish is because that enhances bhakti. Uh, that feeling of loss. And not to be imitated, by the way. These are not to be imitated. They're, they are meant to be followed. Again, an instruction of Bhakti Siddhanta. Bhakti Siddhanta Sasvati Thakur's instruction is just uh, imitation is um, not a substitute for following. Right? We have to follow in the footsteps of our AC Bhaktivedanta Swami, in the footsteps of Bhakti Siddhanta, not imitate. Very easy to imitate, and that takes us back again to this satyam, truthfulness. We have to be truthful and honest devotees and not try to be something that we're not. And that's that anatta nivriti stage for most of us, is, is um, um, you know, coming to, coming to terms with who we are, really, uh, in our devotional practice and in our, our advancement. And, and always remaining a humble servant of the holy name, chanting Hare Krishna, and, um, and making advancement in that way. That's how we'll make advancement. It happens automatically. Any comments or questions? Hare Krishna Prabhu, thank you for the wonderful class. Prabhu, you mentioned faith is a very important aspect in Bhakti. Slowly, slowly. It's a very, uh, you mentioned faith is a very important aspect in Bhakti. Which one? Faith. Faith. What's the beginning? Yes. Yep. But Prabhu Krishna says, Pari Prashnena say we are going to someone and asking questions. So if Prabhu faith is like an important aspect, then why is asking questions also encouraged? Good question. Doubt is a sign of intelligence, right? And because we're conditioned, right? we're conditioned souls, and still impacted by impressions of past lives and even current life. Right? <clears throat> um, we're subject to illusion, ignorance, right? And so in order to clear away obstacles and clear away that illusion, one of the methods for self-realization is this, um, is the Shravanam Kirtanam process, right? And part of that Shravanam Kirtanam is precipitated by doubts, right? 
Well, what about this? What about that? What about the other thing? Is chanting Hare Krishna really that important? Huh? For example, you said that chanting Hare Krishna is important, but I don't know whether that's true or not. So why? So, and in the Bhagavatam it mentions that inquiry is a symptom of human, of, 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 well, of any existence, right? Prabhupada gives the example of the birds wake up in the morning, right? And what are they, and he says, you know, they're asking questions. Where are the worms? Huh? Or basically, where's something to eat? Where's my partner? Right? These, are, these are basic questions of human existence. Eating? Where am I going to sleep tonight? Right? Um, where are my friends that I can have some fun with? And, um, yeah. So, there are, there's inquiry about, you know, uh, material existence. When we wake up in the morning, what's the first thing we think? And, you know, I remember when I was a kid, I'd wake up in the morning and the first thing I would think of is, where's the milk? Has the milkman come? Right? First question. And if you got up early enough, you got the milk and the cream <laughs> on the milk. <laughs> right? So questions. They're natural to us, but the real questioning is, who am I? Right? That's the first question. Am I Sibya or am I another person right? and when we, we you know when people ask us who are you you know they basically want to know where do you live what school do you go to what does your mum and dad do you know they just want to know the material aspects of who you are right but from the spiritual perspective we're asking who am i from the spiritual perspective right so that's why the questioning is important because there will be There'll be doubts or we're covered by past impressions or this, you know, you think you're a girl, I think I'm a boy. But how come? If I'm spiritual, how come I think I'm something else? And so then the question will be, well, if I'm spiritual, but I think I'm, you know, I am an Australian, I love my country. Huh? Or I am an Indian, I love my country. <laughs> you know what that's called? It's called ethnocentricity and everybody has it. <laughs> when I go to India, my friends tell me, India is the best. And I'm thinking, no, that can't be right. Australia is the best. <laughs> huh? So we're all conditioned. So why? So there's a question, right? How can I get rid of that conditioning? So these, these are natural. Questions are natural. From the material platform to the spiritual platform, questions are required. But one of the reasons why we approach a spiritual master is because the spiritual master, qualified, bona fide spiritual master, can solve 
the most important questions, which are the spiritual questions, right? You know, those that pertain to the real self, right? So that's why questions are important. And, and that's how you build your faith, right? I have a doubt. I go to my um, Siksha guru, usually, right? and I reveal my doubt, and it's removed, that doubt's removed by the process of inquiry and then receiving the answer, right? And guyam akyati prichati, right? It's considered an essential element of bhakti, the six exchanges of bhakti. Tadati pratigrinati, I give you prasadam. No, hang on, that's, just, that's last. I give you a gift, you give me a gift. I reveal my mind, you reveal yours. I give you prasadam, you give me prasadam. Huh? They're the six exchanges. So guyamagyati prichati, very, it's essential element of bhakti. And removing doubts. So that, you know, when we pick up the japa mala, and we chant, we're peaceful. Huh? And, that, and that, you know, that's a good part of chanting Hare Krishna is just being able to sit down in one place and be peaceful. Isn't it? And not be bothered by going on in the head. What about this? What about this? He said this, she did that. All this bubble hubble bubble toil and trouble going on in the brain in the head right? so if we have doubts and we put it to our confidants right people that we trust and can confide in and they give us advice then that makes us peaceful so we can just chant Hare Krishna what do you reckon Thank you. Good idea? Yes. Anything else? Ooh, just split my finger now. There's no breakfast, so... We can stay here till half past twelve. <laughs> or we can chant Hare Krishna. Let's do something practical. Grantaraj Simad Bhagavatam Kijai. Sila Bhakti Siddhanta Sadaswati Tako Kijai. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna.